Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the second hour of Ghost Chronicles Radio, Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, your host. Keep it around the unknown, unexplained, unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. With me, my co-host, the lovely and charming blonde bombshell herself, Ann Carrigan. And good evening, everybody. How are you all doing? I survived the rainstorms over the 4th of July. Hope you did, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, you were camping. We so. were camping, yeah. Bleh. Speaking about rainstorms, joining us also from Florida, where the hurricane is now raging, is author and paranormal well, investigator uh, Chris Bozano. How are you doing? Uh, we are out of the storm, so oh, I'm perfectly fine now. So thank you for asking. <laughs> yeah. Good news. Very good it news. I, anyway. I did see uh, Ella wading through. The water on the street, I guess. It's yes, it was. I mean, yeah. we woke up in the it was the middle of a, a hurry, a horrible thunderstorm and the entire front yard was flooded. And it was horrible, horrible rain, but we didn't get anything near hurricane uh, in this area. So yeah, all excellent. believe it or not, if you've seen those pictures, all of that water in the front's all dried up now. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Welcome went to, to Florida. The, went to the sinkhole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, but anyway, well, Chris, it's good to have you on the show again. I've known you for as ever, I guess, as far as I can tell. Um, <laughs> when you used to have paranormal crossroads up here in uh, good old Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Yes. 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 I, think, I, think, I think you and I are probably going on about 20 years having known each other. Wow. wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I know. Crazy, yeah, Brought up the, uh, what's that, the Bermuda Triangle, the uh, Bridgewater Triangle, <laughs> Dudley, Dudley Road, all that cool stuff you were, was on your site, I remember, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. It's, I, I miss Massachusetts. It's, uh, mm. it's, uh, it's taken me a while to kind of uh, uh, ingrain myself into Florida culture enough to actually be able to, to see uh, the paranormal here, so I'm glad that I've, I've finally reached that point. Mm-hmm. So, I wish I could announce I was coming back. I mean, like, I'm finally there, and now I'm coming back. But you know, yeah. I'm still down here for my my sentence is at least six more years. So, okay. oh. <laughs> I, I, probably the thing that we probably missed the most most is course is uh, Jeff Belanger's Oktoberfest. Yes. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think he gave up on those anyway. <laughs> uh, once I wasn't there, what was the point? But uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Fair enough. Fair enough. Right. Although, where I live in uh, Florida is um, owned primarily by Canadians and oh, that's a, that's too bad. German people. And so here, Oktoberfest is a huge big deal. Uh, so this the, the town that I'm in in Florida really does you know goes crazy for Oktoberfest. So it makes up for uh, for Jeff a little bit. Hmm. Well, that's good. At least you get yeah. the beer <laughs> <laughs> and good schnitzel too. So, you know that's where I, that's where my heart is. So so we have we have a question for you. 
Chris, oh, wow. from Already? Okay. our Toki chat. So no, 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 no. Oh no. Okay. No. I don't know. Never mind. Okay. I've been shot down. I, so I'll hush up. No problem. <laughs> Send it to me later, though, Ann, because I'm dying to know now what it was. Okay. Oh, for God's sake, say the, th <laughs> say the thing. Just say the thing. Go ahead. I don't care. Uh, okay, because I'm sorry, I'm in the dark on this. I don't, I don't know why. It, it, I'm not... I've heard this question so many times. So same, we have a question guy. from Jacob in the Togi chat. He wants yeah, okay. to know: Is Project Rusty Hook still going? I don't know what that is. I, I don't know either. Should have been says, on the first show, Jacob. He says, Denny, oh, this was on the first show. Should have been on the first show, Jacob. Oh, sorry. That's no Mark English. Mark English is a little thing. But anyway. But now I have two things to research, you know, tonight. So no, I'm definitely no. going to look up Rusty Hook. Uh, yeah. All right. Whatever. Anyway, Chris, <laughs> I understand you have a new book coming out. I have a new book out, actually. Oh. Um, it came out. Uh, it came out last fall. Uh, too late for Halloween and too late for Valentine's Day. Yeah, it's it's a uh, haunted Florida love stories. So. Uh, <laughs> That's so I different. Figure, I figure. Where do you guys want to go tonight? Do you want to go uh, haunted love or do you want to go cemetery rituals? Because I'm willing to go either way with you guys tonight. Let's or, do or, both. <laughs> yeah, both. Can't can't be both. Before that, let me tell you guys about Rusty Hook. Because, um, <laughs> no, I, uh, oh, okay. Um, uh, the new book uh, that I have is, um, from the haunted series, like the haunted America series. Right. Mm -hmm. And as far as I know, and I could be wrong about this, but it is the only, um, Arcadia history press haunted book in the series that is about a subject rather than just a location. Right. So most of those books are haunted Savannah, haunted Boston, haunted mm -hmm. New York, not haunted love stories. So even though we got the Florida in there so they can, you know, have the geographic part, mm -hmm. um, I went to them with an I with this idea. Uh, I was <laughs> I was doing summer school, which I'm doing right now, too, actually. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to go to History Press. Great, because I know that they can, you know, maybe I'll have a quick turnaround or whatever. They, you know, they kind of had like a. Um, uh, reputation of putting stuff together, you know, very quickly, mm -hmm. um, which is actually not what they are anymore. And I said, here's a great idea. And I gave them all these ones. And I said, and then haunted love stories. I said, you know, haunted Florida love stories. And they were like, we love the idea. So as far as I know, it's the only book in that series that is actually based on an idea for why there are ghosts or, or a backstory for ghosts rather than just a geographic location. And it's, it's the, the perfect uh, hook for all the great ghostly legends that we love. Mm -hmm. uh, not all of them, but a lot of them, which is love. How love yeah. is a huge driving force behind the paranormal and the stories we tell about it. Behind death. Uh, well, you know, once sometimes. Just, yeah. <laughs> well, no, that's marriage, not necessarily love. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but I think I think um, I think we think that that love is enough of a driving force in our life that when we hear a ghost story where love is the background of it, it makes complete and total sense to us. 
Um, and that maybe even like, you know, love is something that can survive after death. Absolutely. I mean, how many, how many ghost stories of the bride walking the beach, looking for her betrothed and, and, you know, the lovers who killed each other. Exactly. exactly. Killed themselves to be with each other. And, you know, like, so yeah, 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 it made total sense to me because, you know, the funny thing was, is, you know, I do a show called Tripping on Legends Mm -hmm. and we look at ghostly legends all throughout the course of Florida we do a deep dive on the history of it, like what it means, who tells it, why do they tell it still? And then we go and we try to experience the haunting, like as the legend tells it, as the legend puts itself out. <clears throat> and so many times we would be doing the show and we would look at each other and go, up, oh, haunted love, haunted love. And yeah. was, you know, hashtag haunted love. And it was, you know, it was actually we had established I had all the stories for the book before I ever approached them with it because so many of the haunted legends right. have that as its background. And it's not just, you know, uh, um, romantic love. Um, we also have, we, I also have about a third of the book is a love of a parent or the love of siblings for each other or the love of what you do, like your drive to do something, whether it's your job or like a certain thing that you did is so great that even after you die, you continue to do it. Right. Uh, right. Makes I know. Sense. I know. It's beautiful. It makes complete sense. I mean, what what does everybody want most in their life? They want to be loved. They right. want to be. Not um, me. No, Ron doesn't want anybody to love him, apparently. <laughs> but uh, the rest of us would like to be loved and needed and wanted. And so one way or another, whether you achieve your perfect love or it's unrequited love. It, and, it, and haunt, it haunts you. And I think a lot of it has to go back to what I do, right? So Ron said at the beginning, like, paranormal investigator. Um, and I'm much more now of a legend tripper. And the difference, the primary difference is I don't care whether a haunting is real or not. I only care whether people think that the haunting is real. Like, or they've made up a story about something they can't explain. Mm-hmm. So I always go from the premise that something weird is going on that people can't explain, right? And so they need to process it. If ghosts were a normal part of our life, if ghosts happen every day, if, if, if we saw these weird lights or someone came walking through the wall or we heard these, these people calling names and if all that stuff was part of our normal average everyday life, we wouldn't need to process it, right? But we do, right? And we have no frame of reference for it except old ghost stories. So when you hear... That someone, I'll give you a great example. In Sarasota, there are these weird things that are seen on the shores um, of, of the, this Amish bridge, right? So this bridge connects, it's pine, it goes over Pine uh, Crest uh, uh, Creek. Mm-hmm. And they see these, these figures, right? And one scene is on one end and one is on the other side. And people, parents have been for generations telling kids, don't go down there, don't go down there, the ghosts are down there. You know, the ghosts will take you with them. And over the years, the story has developed that these were two lovers, right? One was uh, Amish and one was English, right? Because that's what's going on in that part of Sarasota. It's the mm-hmm. largest, the third largest population of Amish people in the country oh. is in Sarasota, Florida. Right? I never knew that. 
Well, think about the other two places are Indiana and Pennsylvania. What are they going to do when it gets cold? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it originally started, yeah, it originally started as kind of a summer place, but now it's a huge, huge community. Hmm. Well, you have something like that, you're automatically going to have tensions between uh, the cultures, right? And so this bridge goes over one side, the north side is the Amish side, and the south side is the English side. English being, of course, anybody who's not Amish, right? Mm-hmm. Two ghosts are seen, so obviously you know what kind of story is going to come out of that. They were a young couple. They found each other. They were from different cultures. Their parents weren't allowed to, you know, didn't allow them to be with each other. Mm-hmm. And so they committed suicide on that bridge. And right. that's why their souls from now till the end of eternity are on either side. Why? Because we know that story. We know Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> we know that idea of warring clans, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, this one's great because it's got a, a, a very, <laughs> it's got a, a Florida twist to it in that um, she falls into the river accidentally, gets cut realizes she doesn't look as pretty as she wants to, runs home. She's the, she's the English person. He finally <laughs> is able to escape from his father. This is, this is Amos, the, uh, the Amish guy. Goes there, and he sees his, the woman he loves dress being chomped on by an alligator. Oh, no. And so he assumes the alligator killed her, and so he jumps off the bridge, you know, because he can't stand to be with her. So it's Romeo and Juliet but with that Florida twist of an alligator. That story makes sense to us. If I were to tell you that would have happened, you'd be like, yep, I get that. That's why that ghost happened, because you've heard that story. You've processed it. <laughs> and so that's really kind of why these, I feel, why a lot of these, um, these, especially ghostly legends, have love as a background. Not that I don't think love can conquer all, even death, blah, blah, blah. But more of I think we know these love stories. They've been told time and time again, so they make sense. All right. Makes sense. <laughs> Makes sense to me. I mean, yeah. Thank you. I mean, it's, so it's, beautiful. It's, it, it, it's, it's, it is. It's Romeo and Juliet. It's, it's Tony and Maria. It's, you know, the Hatfields and the McCoys. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, and, and of course, uh, you know, not all love stories have to be a tragedy, right? Some of them are just, uh, for example, I've got one story in the book which is a great case of like a love triangle. Uh-huh. So there's this woman named Ma McGraw and her and her husband, George, ja- uh, George Mac McGraw own this little, like we would call it today, probably like a sub shop, this little, like, you know, half general store, half like sandwich shop, right. It's a candy store in it. But what people were really going there for is alcohol <laughs> because, uh. Uh, uh, this is in Punta Gorda. So this is like Port Charlotte, Punta Gorda. That county was completely dry, right? Mm. Um, but they could go to Mama Gras, and she made this special drink, which was called the Bloody Bucket. <laughs> and <laughs> what it was was – That's right up your alley. Sounds it was, delicious. It was – well, wait till you hear what it is, and then you can decide. It was <laughs> one part hardcore Florida uh, swamp – uh, uh, moonshine, moonshine, right? And one part strawberry syrup that they used in like the soda and the candy, right? So imagine she would take this huge bucket, she would fill it half up with the moonshine and then just drop, 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 drop all this like sweet, sweet, sweet strawberry syrup. So even the kids in the neighborhood 
she would have them run errands and that would be the reward and they would just get completely drunk <laughs> off this stuff, right? <laughs> a, looped, a looped little little kids running around. Oh my exactly. god. Exactly. And they were really, really successful, right? I they were so they successful. Were. <laughs> they were so successful that one day they got broken into. Um and George Mac McGraw uh got shot uh six times in the back, right? Ouch. <sighs> And every shot was was in the back because he was running for the bedroom, which was in the back of the uh, of the shop, um, to get his shotgun. And supposedly he got one shot off and killed uh, the person who had broken in. So there's Mac McGraw, six shots in him. Oh. Um, there is the assailant, one shot in him, but there's only one gun found at the scene. Mm-hmm. And also every single shot was in the back. So it was completely mysterious, except for all the people in the area knew that um, Mac McGraw hadn't been killed by this guy. He had been killed probably by his wife, but more likely <gasps> by his wife's lover, Uh-oh. a guy by the name of Dick Wyndham. So I'm going to allow for a second for Ron to throw in a joke with that. His nope. name is Dick Wyndham. <laughs> nope. Nope. Okay. Oh, Beautiful. Wow. He's <laughs> quiet. No way. So one of the most active, um, by the way, it, it kind of has a happy ending, right? Dick Wyndham <laughs> and Mama McGraw end up getting married uh. right? and they live happily ever after. Blah, blah, blah. Really? One of the most haunted locations in Charlotte County, Florida, which is the next county from where I live right now is this place called Indian Springs Cemetery, which has, it's like reading a history book going through these graves and especially going through these ghost stories. There is Mama Graw. Ah, okay. There, there is Mac McGraw, right? There are their headstones right there for all to see. Mm-hmm. And in the middle is Dick Wyndham. Oh, ouch. Oh, so imagine if wow. not only... You had to spend eternity, right, next to the person who married your wife, but supposedly the man who killed um, your uh, uh, killed you to get to her. Uh, and it's funny, like it's not Mom in the middle with Mac and Dick on either side. No, yeah, you, it's you he's so. in the he's in between the two of them. Oh, uh, so maybe that's what's responsible for uh, the mysterious man that's seen walking in that area and kind of uh, uh, weeping to himself. So who who died first, Ma or 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 uh, Dick or Dick? Uh, Dick lasted longer. Ah, uh, so, so yeah, he just Mama, he just wormed his way in there. He, he just he really kind of it's just really crazy. And the, and the funny thing is, is that um, if you uh, go about 50 yards, <clears throat> you'll find the grave of Marshal John Bowman, uh, who it was brought in a little bit past uh, a little bit past them or a little bit before. I should say the Ma McGraw and, and Mac McGraw thing happened. He was brought in because it was like the old west down here in Florida at that time. We're talking uh, post Civil War, but kind of pre you know, kind of modern times. Um, it was really, it, it was, it was the wild west. Like it was filled with people who were running from stuff, people who were running alcohol because so much of the County was, uh, so much of the state was dry. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a lot of bad characters <laughs> and John Bowman was brought in to straighten out Charlotte County and he did a great job. He did such a good job <laughs> that he was killed. Ah. Right. 
one night as he was driving, one night as he was sitting in his uh, living room, he had a cigar in one hand and two of his baby girls in the other. That's how big this guy was. He was, I mean, if you see the picture and you think of like an old Western sheriff, this dude is mm-hmm. it, right? Yeah. He was shot in the head, like through the window to oh. the point that uh, um, when, when the coroner came for the body, the cigar was still in his hand. Uh, they actually presented the two little girls' dresses as evidence of how cruel of a crime it was, how gruesome it was. That's horrible. Um, A man rushes in, and the man says, like, you know, his next-door neighbor says, like, I will not rest until, you know, your killer is found out, you know, I will avenge you, all this stuff like that. It ends up becoming, they, they arrest this guy named Isaiah Cooper, who was seen kind of in the area, um, he kind of had a motive. Someone thinks they kind of might've heard him like say, I'm going to kill you to John Bowman, uh, <laughs> once. I mean, it was like the weakest case in history, but this guy is convicted. He's brought to the County Capitol at that time, the County Capitol, they erect a, a gallows to hang him. And an hour before he's supposed to be hung, um, they delay the sentence, right? Months and months and months later, um, he's supposed to be up there again. He, it's like two hours before he's going to be hung. They delay it again, delay it again. Hmm. Uh, third time he's supposed to be up for, uh, um, he's supposed to be up to, for, uh, uh, to be killed. Uh, the, the, the new governor comes into power. And the very first thing he does when he comes into power is commune the sentence to life in prison. Mm-hmm. Um, Isaiah Cooper, the guy who's convicted, <laughs> this is one of my favorite story, parts of the story. Right. He's there's such a there's so many funny details to this story. Um, he's he escapes. Right. He's brought up to Deland, Florida, which is where Stetson University is uh, to work at a camp. And one day he's there working at this camp, like this prison camp. He looks at the guard uh, and he runs off into the woods, never to be seen again. Uh, the guard is quoted as saying he would have followed him into the swamp, but he didn't want to ruin his new shoes. so this guy completely gets away with this right he like essentially escapes into the swamp um the funny thing is the governor who communed the sentence was the man was was marshall bowman's next door neighbor who had run in and grabbed him and said that he would avenge his what who's buried probably about 200 feet away from john bowman right (laughs) and and uh, uh so most people think that it wasn't Isaiah Cooper that actually killed him. Most people think that he instead was murdered by the neighbor, Dick Wyndham. No. Oh, Dick. I know Dick gets around. He was not only that, (laughs) but he also, you know, is supposed to have killed Marshall John Bowman, who, who is buried probably 35 feet away from him. And it's, it's really sad because if you go to where Marshall Bowman is buried, um, his family, his the two kids he had, but then he had two other kids and then his wife. They were so poor without uh, without his money, they had to go to Achula, Florida. They had to go back home, and so no one is buried near him, right? Except he's right on the border. Like if you go, it's really sad. There's like no graves around him whatsoever, but mm-hmm. he's right on this on the border of this other part of the cemetery, which is called Babyland. And Babyland <laughs> was set up by the by John Sandlin, who created the cemetery, um, created this one section where 
uh, you didn't have to pay to bury anybody. So, you know, there's oh. a lot of pauper's graves, uh, things like that. But yeah. one section of especially is dedicated to children under the age of three, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So if, especially back in the day, you might have three or four kids that died at childbirth or died, you know, mm-hmm. in the very early years, mm-hmm. imagine having to establish like an entire cemetery, entire, to pay for all of that. Instead, here yeah. in Babyland, the land was free. There are these small little markers. Some of them have headstones. Most of them have wooden crosses that have since, you know, been deteriorated and, and, and gone away. Uh, when Charlie and Irma came through over the last 15 years, they wiped out a lot of these children's graves. But instead, what people find is that at night, there's a, a, a tall man who appears just as a thick shadow. And he comes from where Marshall Bowman is buried. And he spends the night just walking back and Aww. forth the length of Babyland. They Much see this dark this figure, baby. and people feel that that is, yeah, that that's John Bowman uh, protecting kids in death the way he can't kind of be with his own family. So Aww. that's the other side of the the haunted love idea. Wow, well, we have to Ooh. take a break right now. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles uh, International. And no. we're talking haunted. Next no, generation. Next generation. I knew it was one of them. But Anyways, uh, Ghost Chronicles, next generation. And we're talking with Chris Belzano in haunted love stories. And speaking about love stories, if you didn't, check out uh, the Affection Connection. Uh, it's on my Facebook page. And it is Love Device from yours truly, St. Jan and Lou. <laughs> Anyways, today's show is brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street in Methuen, Massachusetts, and the Gallant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, not the end over, at the end over Massachusetts, and our very good friends on Patreon, uh, on Ghost Chronicles Radio and Patreon. But yeah, we did the show. It's uh, about a, the pilot show was about an hour and a half long. It's it's uh, on Facebook. You can listen to it. It's got good reviews so far, and we may be doing another one. So, anyways, uh, I guess we're gonna take a break. So, Chris, before we go, where can people find out more about you? What did you say? I totally missed that. I fall Forget asleep. It. What up? Get it. That's it. Too late. Taking a break. Rusty Hook? What? We'll be right back after the following messages. Do you have a paranormal event? book or something else you want people to know about then why not advertise it on ghost chronicles radio with over 150,000 downloads a month get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject we have a plan at a cost that fits your needs for more information contact ron kolick at any ghost project at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678 hello hello can you hear me my name is harry price i am speaking to you via the medium of the ghost box Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para-X Radio, 
the Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. And welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ian and our special guest this evening, author and investigator, Chris Balzano. Welcome back to me. There you <laughs> go. Hi. So as we were headed out to break, Ron mm-hmm. was asking you, Chris, where people can get a hold of you, get in touch with you. Oh, well, uh, you can uh, hit me up on Facebook. Uh, facebook.com backslash tripping on legends um, and of course you can uh, follow the show on podcasts wherever you get your podcast google play or what have you um, my email is spooky tripping at gmail.com and over at twitter spooky balzano and ig spooky tripping mm, or just google just google balzano i'm, I'm one of the only <laughs> balzano <laughs> ghost i think i'm the only <laughs> balzano ghost person there is <laughs> Find you one way or another. So, Chris, <laughs> exactly. how'd, how'd you start this journey, by the way? Oh, wow. Uh, it's funny because I'm, I'm so much more now what I was back then. Um, I was uh, grew up 100%, of course, uh, into all the paranormal stuff. Uh, you know, it was an obsession for me. I watched every single ghost show I could consume, loved horror movies. I'm the generation that parents would bring us to go see, you know, uh, the Fox and the Hound at the drive-in, and the second part of the feature was The Exorcist. And they expected <laughs> us to fall asleep, right? And the first generation that had cable. So you would sneak mm. down and you would watch, you know, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre on HBO uh, with no one telling you what you were watching. So, you know, completely obsessed with it. I went to school at Emerson, and my college dorm was um, the old Charles Gate Hotel, which is now oh. like $2 million a unit condos mm-hmm. but back then was infested with rats because of the did big dig and coaches <laughs> and like you know people shooting up uh right outside your window because right. it's in, you know it's in kenmore square and um and a bunch of really crazy artists because it's, it's a it's an artist community right it's writers and actors, actors and movie yeah. producers and, or movie mm-hmm. directors or you know people who wanted to be in the movies um and <laughs> charles gate hotel is also one of the most haunted buildings in Boston. Mm-hmm. And it had all of these great stories, you know, of why you weren't allowed to use a Ouija board and the <laughs> little girl who died in the elevator and the ghosts of the horses and the old woman who uh, was back from when it was a tenement hall and she died three weeks. Uh, no one found her because no one ever see her. Cause she would go out night to get her groceries, but they found her body three weeks later because of the smell. Yeah. Uh, and even to this day, you can smell her cigarettes and you can hear her door opening up at, at two o'clock to go uh, shopping. Anyone know from anyone who's in Boston knows ain't nothing open in Boston. 
at two o'clock in the morning. So how right. she was, you know, escaping to go. And of course, that's now three o'clock because that's the big number, you know. But all these people were telling these ghost stories mm-hmm. and all these unexplained things were happening. Uh, and I became obsessed with the whole idea of why do we tell these stories? Like it's the same thing happening, but three different people are giving me three different stories mm-hmm. that I've heard before because I was by that time at least an expert in paranormal literature <laughs> because I consumed <laughs> so much media, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, wait a minute, I've heard that's an episode of The Twilight Zone, you know? Or like, <laughs> wait a minute, that happened on Amazing Stories. That's an episode of Sightings. Um, and so I just started to study not only the paranormal, but the stories we tell about it. And then, you know, once I started my site that Ron was talking about before, Massachusetts Paranormal Crossroads, were the first big stories that I posted up there uh, was my probably very first official legend trip, which was into the heart of the Bridgewater Triangle, um, to Rehoboth, Massachusetts, to look at the red-headed hitchhiker. Ah. And I would post all these things about Boston, and I would get no traction whatsoever, no emails, you know, very minimal hits on the website. I st- anytime I posted anything about the red-headed hitchhiker, it would go through the roof. I would get emails <laughs> because people were really experiencing it. And what I noticed, because I could watch this in real time, because I, I start in 94 when the book, you know, New England Ghost Story starts, right? Uh, New England Ghost Files. Like, I, I, that's when I really kind of started this. I was able to watch the evolution of the redheaded hitchhiker from this maybe possibly something happened to let's just stick every single cliche about roadside ghosts onto this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, over the course of the next, you know, 25, 30 years. And, and so that kind of just made me even more obsessed with the crossroads, which is where the truth of a haunting and what actually happened kind of intersects with the stories we tell about it. I, re- I remember finding that site back on uh, uh, MySpace. <laughs> yes, oh, MySpace. My I found well, that. That's where it all started, man. Um, MySpace, but uh, yeah, me too. yeah. And I, the, origi- I had- the original web address was www.geocities.com backslash Chris and Jenna 441 backslash Massachusetts Ghosts and Legends. Oh, holy crap! <laughs> <laughs> It's so amazing. It, it Anybody a, ever found you? <laughs> it was a it was a GeoCity site, so it was one step yeah. away from an Angel Fire site. <laughs> oh my God, Angel Fire! Forgot about that. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Which oh, I still find, God. you know, because I spend so much time researching, um, and um, I, I find so much time, re- you know, so much of my time doing that. I find these old abandoned websites that mm. are still up there somehow. These Angel Fire sites, which talk about you know, a weird story that happens in this one part of this obscure place in Florida. Um, so those places are still, those sites are still up there and they're still oh, that's amazing. feeding the paranormal, you know, paranormal narrative of things. Oh my God. Someone's still paying for them somewhere. I don't think you had to pay for Angel Fire. I think no. you just had no. to have a... If you, took the com- if you took the commercials, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. oh. So. I don't remember Angel Fire. But no, yeah, yeah. Oh. They're, they're still out there. The geo, I was on that one that time too. Yeah, wow, I didn't mean to insult you. That I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's right. That was back in the day. That's that's I'm God's sakes. I remember, you know, when the internet was on, and it wasn't a hell of a lot on when I first, <laughs> yeah. And, and instead so of Belanger's having site, like Belanger's site, they had a uh, few on a broom site, Hollow Hill, Hollow uh, Hill. yours, and those are about the the 
top ones in oh the ghost hunters was ig i don't know <laughs> something or other yeah that was mm-hmm. and you know it was the it was also the beginning of the birth of the the paranormal acronym um you know how you could be like you know i don't want to i was about to say boo but that was uh, mike's site so i don't want to say that but you know mm-hmm. it would be like you know creepy and, and every letter meant something paranormal yeah you know, the, they right. still the do that by the way oh, God, what do you say? Yeah. they still do that mm-hmm. they, they still do yeah mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yeah. but it's it's interesting because that's that's how these stories get spread you know so it it's instead of back in the day instead of having um social media and you would have followers and you would have people who were uh you had um i don't know if you remember remember this either of you guys but you had ghost rings right and so you would yeah. have you would have that. this mutual, yeah. You would have this mutual, like I'll link to you if you link to me, and mm-hmm. then a group of people. Oh yeah, would say, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah, be yeah. part of a ghost yeah. ring, and and these were like these were the like your, uh, it was the equivalent of having a page on Facebook. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. instead of have instead of going to facebookcom backslash tripping on legends promoting the site again, you can go directly <laughs> to like your little wit, your little ring, and see what all the different groups that you were friends with were doing. It was. It was oh no, I, I wasn't aware of that. No. No. Yeah, it link, was link exchange really, was big back then. It, it it was. I'll link to you if you link to me. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Want to be friends? Uh, <laughs> yeah, same funny. thing, right? Huh? Yeah. But those were the days. But yep. uh, yeah. We all started anyway. somewhere. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, we've all traveled that road and and to where we are now. Uh, so, well, at least. You know, it's, us, yeah. um, <laughs> it's, it's really interesting because I'm not sure if I've ever said this to you, Ron, but it was a moment on your show um, that actually completely shifted the way that I thought about the paranormal. Um, no. Yeah, I kid you not. Uh, probably about eight years ago, <clears throat> I, was, I had just written – one of my books is called Haunted Objects. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's this book about – obviously – I do objects. have that copy, by the way. Oh, that's awesome. Did I autograph yeah. it for you or no? Yeah, it is autographed. Yeah. All right, good. Um, don't I don't want to see it on eBay. So I was. <laughs> oh so wait, wait I, before you go, hang on, hold hold that thought. I, I have to. I'm sorry, but I have to put, inject this. I I was at the yes. Tixbury Library and I was doing. Uh, I did a presentation. And then afterwards, you know, you pawn your books and, and people mm-hmm. buy it. Or people will have books and you come up and you'll sign them one or the other. And uh, so this girl was, always goes to all those events. With my, she comes up and she says, oh, I got this book. And it was uh, Ghost of Day. And she gave it to me. And I look, looked at it and put my name in it. Then I realized I had already signed it to this other person. <laughs> so I put it up on eBay. And <laughs> That's hilarious. Did you cross yeah. your her name off and put you know the the actual name? I just thought it was so funny. I couldn't that stop laughing. That I'm is sorry. awesome. All Aww. right. So, anyways, on eight years ago, you were on this show. <laughs> no, I, I wasn't on that show actually. I was. Um, I had just published Haunted Objects, right? Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Um, and I, I, it was one of those things where I was having a really hard time. Like, what is my place in the paranormal? Because it, it, I, I was an investigator, right? I've written two how-to books on how to investigate the paranormal. Like, investigation was my route. Um, I had kind of gone away from what I was doing. And it was just like no one was I, – I didn't think anyone was asking the kind of questions. Is, what does it mean for the society that they're telling these stories? Like, well, how does – 
how does telling a redheaded hitchhiker tell you about Rehoboth? And that was I was obsessed with that. I was obsessed with why did this legend change and and no one seemed to be interested in that. And I remember that Tim Weisberg and I, uh, I was flown up to Massachusetts and we cut like a, a sizzle reel type pilot for a haunted objects show. And this is kind of before um, Haunted Collector and, and stuff like that. Right. And um, we were totally rejected. And I can only, you know, of course, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking like, oh, it's just because it's like two overweight guys talking about the ghost. Like, who cares about that? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I remember I was at I was at getting my car fixed. And that day I took the website down completely, like took Massachusetts uh-huh. Paranormal Crossroads and I gave the, the whole thing up. Right. And yep. I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. I have no place in this. And. I was a few years later, I was talking to a friend of mine who, who ended up becoming my early co-host of Tripping on Legends. And she was like, why did you get into this? Blah, blah, blah. And I was and I was kind of talking to her about it. Um, and all of a sudden popped into my head an episode of, of Ghost Chronicles back in the day. It was you and I hosting. Like, so I was your co-host. Yeah. And we were talking to. Oh, my word. I'm totally going to skip on his name now. Uh, the guy from Capers, uh, Derek. Oh yeah, we were talking to Derek. Yes, and uh, what's his last name? Please, someone. No, forget it. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) we were talking to Derek from Capers. We had him on, and we were interviewing him, and he said something to the effect of, "Yeah, you know, but Chris, you're not really a field kind of guy. You're more of a research guy." And I remember in the moment finding that to be the biggest insult and puffing out my chest and being like, no, I'm not. I go out in the field too. I investigate and kind of being really offended by that. And as I was talking to this person about what I was passionate about, though that, that moment on your show just kind of clicked in my head. And I was like, you know what? I do love the historical research part of it. I Mm -hmm. do love the, the people part of it. What I always called the heart of the haunting. No one got into this, uh, no one found a passion when they were young for ghosts or an interest in ghosts because someone was talking about uh, 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 how much the heat had gone up, right? Or like um, <clears throat> reading from a monitor. They got it because there was something that, that freaked them out or put a, a chill in their spine. And I realized that's what I loved about the paranormal. That's what I wanted to get back to. And that's when I started tripping on legends. So, Ron, go. every dollar that comes from tripping on legends, a portion <laughs> is going to go to you. I remember that I remember that show too. And that was that was when I called them out and I was like, uh uh you know, because the Boston Globe had done a a piece on us, uh, is anyone there? And and they went and they went to uh, Wood Island Lighthouse when they wrote a piece up. And then uh, Miss Derek uh, get into Bartlett, the uh, Derek Bartlett. That's who yes. He uh, he sent the letter to the editorial saying that uh, uh, you know we knew nothing and uh, you know uh, just amateur ghost stunts and all this stuff. He didn't even know me. Didn't even know me. Uh, had no clue. And he right. totally trashed me. And I wow. called him on the show. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He forgot about it because it was like ten years earlier or something. Oh, but whoops, right? No, it's, yeah, and, that and was... that's that was the. It was so funny how you know we used the term legend tripping, and mm. I think it's I think it's coming back around. Um, but yeah, because look at Jeff Belenger. That's what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. We're not going to talk. We're not going to talk about you know he stole my book idea. You know we're not going to. I know. Just whatever. Um, whatever. <laughs> but, uh, 
but the but the, this idea of there being something to experiencing the paranormal uh, mm-hmm. rather than being able to trap it and record it and present it and understand it, but just experiencing it like the idea of going out to um, going out to we were talking about uh, Indian Spring Cemetery, going yeah. out and, and having a drink and going to Mama Gras grave, um, which people do with a strawberry flavored alcoholic beverage, um, drinking it and, and, and trying to get her to have a conversation with you over the drink. Right. Or the idea of going to Marshall Bowman's grave. Um, I always leave him cigars whenever I go, but going to the site where he was shot and smoking a cigar and being like, if you want to talk to us, like, have a cigar with us, like do something or going to that bridge. Oh, that so you're, you're sort of like the, uh, the Pope toaster then, huh? The, what do you say? The Pope toaster. You're sort of oh, like the Pope toaster. I don't know what that is. The Pope toaster. Yeah. <laughs> that's the dude that go, went to, uh, uh, um, Poe's grave. Edgar Allen's grave. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's birthday. <laughs> and left, place and left, the... uh, rose, uh, the roses and the, the, uh, cognac. Right. I, I thought I, I've never heard him referred to as that though. But yeah, like, is that his official name? Yeah, that's so. F- there's something similar to that that happens in Florida uh, that I was just talking about the, uh, like two days ago. So it's interesting. I didn't know he actually had a name. So and I was referencing that. Boy, yeah. I'm stupid. <laughs> yeah, pole toaster. <clears throat> so that's what you've become, the pole toaster. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and, and you know, we, you know, the, there, there are stories about going to a certain place and flicking your headlights three times, right? So you yep. could go to that redheaded hitchhiker, you could go up to Rehoboth, and you could take out equipment, you could try to record this, this ghost that's there, or you can go there, flick your lights three times, turn them off, turn them on, and see if he appears. That second way is what legend tripping is. And I found that it connects me to people more, like people in the communities. But I've also gotten actually more evidence uh, as a legend tripper than I ever did as an actual investigator because we record oh, everything. Cool. So it's yeah. fun. And it's fun. Yeah. Like you're relying on your gut. You're relying on uh, your your five senses, your sixth sense, if you believe that you're, you, know, you have that psychic ability. And um, it's been some of the most profound paranormal experiences I've ever had. Oh, that's cool. Wow. Well, yeah, and I don't miss the, how much equipment costs because my gut costs nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, and and I agree with that because I, you get so caught up in everything you got to you've got to do and record and set up, and it's just 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 go in, just go in. Yeah, and, and I don't just, think that the, I don't think yeah. there's anything wrong with investigating. Like that's one side of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think ultimately the paranormal question. Um, is going to be solved by different people looking at it a different way, right? So you need investigators because they're pushing the narrative forward. You mm-hmm. need people who are psychic. You need people who are uh, actual parapsychologists. And I think you need folklorists. And I think you need people like me who are telling these stories and telling all the different variations of it um, because those are those are the narratives that the people are saying. I think all those people give us a more complete picture but of the, the problem, Chris, with the water groups is, is that they say, okay, we research a, a, a project or a haunting or whatever, and their research is like, okay, I got on the internet and I found this site that tells about it. So there, there is their entire research on this particular thing. Unlike you, who go in, you know, and you go and do deep 
diving into this thing rather than just, you know, skimming. Yeah. And, you know, I think that the majority of, of groups that you're talking about, I think, present it as like, here's here's what people say about the site. Like, here's a little bit of background. Um, I don't think they do it for the same intent that I do, which is to explore how the background connects to the actual haunting. Um, and so I'm going to allow them a little bit of a pass. Like, I don't want to really judge, but I think that, you know, I, I was actually talking to a group today <clears throat> who said, um, we do very little research about uh, an investigation because we don't want to know anything going in. I'm like, okay, I That's understand fine. that. Yeah. Psychics think that way because they don't want to have their impressions tainted. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you would you go into like a, a bad part of town without <laughs> knowing where you were going without Google Maps or, you know, uh, uh, um, you know, GPS? Like, would you do like for me, I want to be able to understand the environment to know what to look for, to know where to really go. And I think an investigative mindset is more of here's the whole area or here's where people have said, have heard a specific thing or seen a specific thing. Whereas me, I want the whole entire picture before I go someplace because oftentimes, which is why I call it tripping on legends. I make a mistake, right? So that story I told you about the Amish bridge, Mm -hmm. I've gone there twice. I went there once with one of my partners. I went there once with uh, my daughter and one of her friends and we legend tripped it. Right. So we brought um, celery because celery is a part of the full story. And we brought flowers (laughs) Right, all these things like that, trying to get them to, and, and the Amish guy sold celery. That's how they met each other, and so he ah, would always bring her okay. celery. All right, um, and we brought that stuff there, and neither time we got any kind of evidence, but it was a really great story to tell. The Amish actually talked to us about it, ah. and then oddly enough, one of my students, for those people in the audience who don't know, I'm a high school English teacher. One of my students emailed me. One of my older students emailed me and said, "Hey, I've been following that story. You know, you got the wrong bridge, man." Like, this is a bridge. What? (laughs) Right? So we messed up. We tripped up, which is why I call it tripping on legends. So I think that if you don't do research ahead of time, um, you don't have anything to compare it to. Because so many places, the story didn't make any sense until – but I knew all the details of the story. I knew everything. And then I got out there and I go like, oh, 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 I get why people say this is haunted. All right. Okay. I can see where people are getting things here. And I think that's an important part for what I do. If other people aren't doing it, you know, I guess they're just, their approach is a little different. Mm -hmm. Hmm. But thank you for the compliment that I, that I research well. (laughs) I think so. I mean, to me, that's the most important part. I I kind of believe in both of what you're saying. First of all, I I like to know very little about what's going on in a place if I'm going to investigate it. However, for instance, well, it's, it's hard to say, but like, for instance, if it will, we'll just talk houses. So if it's a, a house, then whoever the owner is or whoever calls us in, then I, I ask where the activity is and what type of activities is visual, audio. Therefore, I can, uh, you know, maximize my resources, but I don't want to know the particulars. And then after it's all over, then I go and do the, the particulars about it. And then we can see it correlate with the evidence we've collected. So that I, I do it kind of that way. And uh, but yeah, I mean, yours is a little bit different because you you, you are doing legends more than just strictly like uh, haunting investigation. investigation. Yeah, so yeah, do exactly. you not ask because you don't want your um, your opinion as an observer to uh, impact your data? I, yeah, exactly. I don't want exactly exactly right. I yeah. want 
Yeah, you know, I you know I taught uh, paranormal CSI for the non Essex for a mm-hmm. couple of years, for three years. And uh, one of the things that I always said is that when you're out there as an investigator, that's what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be investigating. You're supposed to be collecting evidence like CSI. You're collecting evidence. You're not supposed to be judge, jury, and executioner. You're not supposed to say, oh, I got this. Look at this. This is the voice of a, the, a little girl that supposedly died here. That, and, you know, and mm-hmm. you've already tainted everything that you possibly collected, even if it was good, because you've already know everything and your already mindset is set that you, this is what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't say that I wholly agree with you, but I totally understand the to. idea of the mm-hmm. observer impacting the evidence. You know, uh, one of the um, one of the last cases that I worked on in Massachusetts, and I wasn't even in Massachusetts. I just happened to a woman had seen me on uh, Paranormal State, and she lived in Essex, so right near you. She lived in Essex. Yep. Uh, I don't, I'm not even sure if you were brought in on this case. I know Mike Great worked symmetry. on it a little bit, and um, <laughs> she had been experiencing all this crazy paranormal stuff, and she called a a really popular New England group to come in and investigate. And mm. the first thing they did was they threw her out of the house. So I'm not sure how other oh, people feel about that. No, no, they no. threw her out of the house and she was outside. She was outside having a cigarette, <clears throat> watching them kind of go through. And um, uh, she looks into her living room and there is this large, dark figure walking through her kitchen with what she described as a puck wedgie on a leash. and she goes running into the house and she says to them there's there's stuff going on in the in the kitchen there it's it's downstairs it's downstairs uh and they ma'am you need to please leave we need to complete our grid before we get to that section (laughs) oh Um, my god and it's that extreme i think that i've always discouraged in investigating or legend tripping you know Mm -hmm. um because that that's really closing yourself off to everything that group in particular wanted to like make sure everything was covered. They had a time and they were going to do everything. Da, 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 da. And I think that kind of um, fr- uh, uh, rigid approach uh, impacts negatively their investigation. You know, the interesting thing, especially in haunted houses or, or houses that are supposedly haunted, is that if you take out the person who is the, the observer who actually observes the haunting, they may actually be the trigger of the haunting in right. itself. So right, right. if you're removing that, then, you know, you're actually changing circumstances where the, of uh, what has been occurring. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, it's funny because I remember reviews for dark woods and actually it was, I think it was like my first four books that aren't like how to manuals on Amazon and on Goodreads. It is presents uh, presents firsthand stories as if they were evidence. And I'm like, this is big <laughs> stories, man. What, what, like, uh, what you Ron, looking for? Like, uh, you know. Like, right. Ron, <laughs> you, know, you heard the pizza from the dead, right? Yeah, I yeah, did. And, okay. And it was that idea that was like, no, like, no, the, the, the per- people's experiences are as important as anything that might happen in the moments that I'm there. Actually. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Of course. All right, All Chris. Right. We've got to wrap it up. Uh, Chris, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Always good to speak yes. with you. Excellent. It's always good to come on. I always love it when my, I get a little ding that, that Ron has invited me on again. So. <laughs> usually, usually the day of or the day before. But, exactly. Uh, exactly. I feel like <laughs> someone else before, canceled on you, but that's okay. I'm still here. <laughs> I'm, I am notorious for that, though, so I, I don't feel special. Anyways, uh, thank you so much, Chris. Chris Belzano, check him out. He's got 
uh, chipping legends and all kinds of cool stuff on it. So uh, anything else you want to add, Chris? No, nope, just I, I want to thank both of you guys for having me on again. I love talking to you. Yeah, you're very all right. welcome. All right. Have a wonderful up. night, guys. Yep. You've been Bye. listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation right here on Tojanet and Pararex Radio. And uh, stay tuned next week. Good night and God bless everyone. Thanks for listening, everybody. Good night. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.